Hello everyone and welcome to the very first video. We are very excited to have you and the purpose of this video is to help you to understand confidence and why it is so important. So when it comes to the content of the podcast and the book and the online course, it's guided by data. And so I like to survey the audience of the podcast to see what it is that you all need. And one of the things that kept on coming up was this issue of confidence, not feeling confident in difficult conversations and that lack of confidence holding people back. So that is why we're going to start here. All right, so we're going to start off with an operational definition of confidence to make sure that we're all on the same page. So if you look up confidence in the dictionary, you'll see that confidence is a feeling of self-assurance that comes from an appreciation of your abilities. And that's good, um, but let's get a little bit deeper as it relates to this specific exercise here of, of negotiation and conflict resolution. So for me, I look at confidence as an attitude that affects the way that you navigate the world. It leads you to take more action. And when you take that action, it makes you more effective. And one of the things that's interesting is that confidence can be compartmentalized. So for instance, let's say if you're an engineer, you might be really confident in your ability to do what it takes to be a good engineer. You might have great math skills, great logical reasoning skills. You might be great with your hands if you're actually being hands-on with, with your profession. But then when it comes to advocating for your ideas within the realm of engineering, you might not be as confident. The confidence is compartmentalized. It's focused on your ability to be a good engineer, but not necessarily on your ability to communicate that knowledge to somebody else in a persuasive way. And it's that last part that's really important because as you'll see later on in this course, there's a difference between being right and being persuasive. And oftentimes as professionals, we feel as though we have the right answer. We go to school for all of these years and they teach us how to come up with the right answer. So we are often presented with these situations where we do our research, we do the work, we figure out what we believe to be the right answer. And then we come to our teams and we provide them with what we believe to be the right answer. And they say, uh, no, <laughs> I came up with something different and we're going to do something different. And then it's incredibly frustrating because we say, listen, I had the right answer. I didn't know there was another step of the process. And that's where persuasion comes in. And that's what this is all about. But if you think back to your time as a student all the way through school, through high school, through college, or even in um, graduate programs, very few of us have had even the opportunity to take classes on conflict resolution and negotiation, which is crazy. So even if you come to the right answer, you might not get the credit you deserve for the right answer because people make decisions that fly in the face of what it is that you want to happen. And this is precisely why it's so important for us to develop this skill in addition to the specific skills that are relevant to our profession. Because... Yes, we need to develop the hard skills that get us to the right answer, but then we also need to communicate that persuasively to the people on our team. Now, I know there's going to be a fraction of you listening who say, well, I actually did take a negotiation course in undergrad or in grad school. So if that's you, kudos to you. But then the follow-up question is, how long ago was that? So think about the great athletes that we know, like Roger Federer, Serena Williams, Tom Brady. They practice for hours every single day. Could you imagine 
Roger Federer saying, yeah, I practice forehands, backhands, and hit serves every day, and I'm always in the gym working out. But you know what? what's really interesting is that I haven't practiced my volleys in years. Even though they come up in matches, I have to hit volleys every single match. I haven't practiced my volleys in about 8 to 10 years. So we know that would never happen because that's an integral part of his game. And for us as professionals, regardless of your industry, the ability to persuade, communicate effectively, and resolve conflict, those are critical elements of a well-rounded game as a professional. So for those of you who have had a class, that's great, but you need to keep practicing and learning to keep the skills going. Memory is very fallible. It decays over time. And so even though you learned a lot at that time, as time goes on, you're going to forget. Another thing that I consider an important part of confidence is this general feeling of okayness. And um, okayness, that sounds a little bit imprecise, but (laughs) stay with me here. So when I'm talking about okayness. I'm talking about the general feeling of being okay regardless of the outcome. If I get what I want out of this conversation, great. If I don't get what I want out of the conversation, that's fine too. I will survive. Life will continue to go on. Two of the main things that are going to hurt us in these difficult conversations are going to be fear and anxiety. And if you can start to develop that general sense of okayness regardless of the outcome, that will help you to feel more confident because then you're going to be willing to take action because you know regardless of the outcome, you are going to be okay. And again, I know some of you out there listening might be a little bit skeptical and say, well, if I develop this feeling of being okay regardless of the outcome, doesn't that let me off the hook if I perform poorly? Doesn't the desire for my preferred outcome lead me to be more effective in these conversations? If I constantly think I'm okay, does that make me lose my edge? And so here's the answer. It's a little bit complex, but yes, it is important for us to be goal-oriented, and we need to be resilient when it comes to advocating for our ideas. However, when we want something so badly that we become fearful and anxious when it looks like we're not going to get it, or we feel too needy, it will lead us to make decisions during the conversation that are based on emotion more so than rational thought. They will be based on emotion more than the strategies and the tactics that we took the time to create before going into this conversation. Later on in the program, we're going to get into the psychology of decision-making so you can make better decisions in the moment and understand the decision-making processes of the people that you're trying to persuade. And once you get to that module, you'll see just how dangerous it will be if you get into the habit of making decisions based on emotions in these difficult conversations. That's why learning to feel okay regardless of the outcome is so important. It helps us to focus on the process and performing at a high level more so than the outcome because the outcome isn't fully in our control, but our performance during the conversation is. One of the things I always say is that when it comes to negotiation and conflict resolution literature, one of the biggest issues that we have is the fact that we are giving recipes to people who are afraid to get in the kitchen. So what do I mean by that? I mean that it doesn't matter if you know exactly what to do if you don't have the confidence to do it. And so, again, this is why we're starting with this foundation of confidence. All right, so let's get deeper into this. Why is confidence so important? Let's talk about the internal impact of confidence. So internally, it impacts the way that you present yourself in the conversation. You're unsure, and those feelings manifest themselves 
externally, right? So if you are unsure about your skills and abilities and your ability in particular to persuade somebody effectively in a way that doesn't necessarily jeopardize the relationship, then you're going to lack confidence. So that has an impact externally because people can recognize in your tone and in your body language whether or not you are confident. And so here's the thing. They might not know specifically whether or not your lack of confidence is in your own abilities or if your lack of confidence is in your message, but they will recognize in general (laughs) that you are lacking in confidence. And subconsciously what they're saying is, why should I believe you? If you don't even believe you, you don't believe in what it is that you're saying, or you don't believe in yourself. So how can I feel confident in what it is that you're saying? Why should I feel led by you? And this is important because when people sense that lack of confidence, it encourages resistance. So it's not only that your performance is diminished, but it also encourages other people to increase their level of resistance. They're going to push back because they sense weakness. And this is important. And so let me tell you a a study, a very disturbing study, uh, I should say, um, from a book called The Wisdom of Psychopaths. And so one of the things that they did in this particular study is they went into a prison and talked to people who were classified as psychopaths. And they had them analyze the walks of people. They looked at people and looked at how they walked. And so what was scary is that by the way that the people walked, they could sense their level of confidence and they would determine who would be a better victim based on that confidence level. So think about that. They are going to look at you as prey if they sense a lack of confidence. So when we're bringing this back to the difficult conversations that we're having, again, it shows us that humans have an innate ability to recognize when somebody isn't confident and it encourages them to change their behavior. So I'm going to push you if I'm sensing a lack of confidence because I believe I can get away with it. That's the thing. It encourages their level of belief. But now let's flip the script. If you have confidence, then they say, you know what, this person knows something (laughs) that I don't. This is a type of person that I'm willing to follow, right? So if it's somebody on your team and you're a leader, then they're more willing to follow you because of that level of confidence. And so here's the most important thing to get out of this. Confidence by itself is persuasive. Let's say you just listen to the first module of this course. You don't even get to how to negotiate effectively. You don't get to how to resolve conflict and manage emotions and frame conversations and understand psychology. You don't get to any of that. And the only thing you get is an increased level of confidence. You're going to be more persuasive. Isn't that crazy? You have no new skills. (laughs) And that alone will make you more persuasive. So just keep this in mind when it comes to the power of confidence. Another benefit of confidence is that it will make you more resistant to pressure. When we get down to one of the later modules and we're talking about advanced persuasive strategies, one of the key reasons why these persuasive strategies work is because they create pressure in the other side. And so if you feel that pressure, it makes you want to do things to alleviate that pressure. And so when it comes to persuasion, it's agreeing. That's what we want people to do. So a lot of the persuasive tactics that people use, or even manipulative tactics that people use, are based 
largely in pressure and based in the hope or the belief that you will do something, agree with them, in order to alleviate that pressure. Confidence helps to protect you from pressure. You're not going to feel it as much because you believe in your ability to navigate the difficult conversation. The more confidence you have, the more likely you are to take action toward your goal, and the more likely you are to convey your wants and needs in a persuasive manner. So think about this. So imagine a time where you had to make an important decision, but you were crippled with indecision. You were unsure. How did that feel? So what stopped you from taking action and making a decision in that situation? When it comes to indecision, it usually comes about from a cacophony of reasons, arguments, fears that rage around your head like a hurricane. It makes you think of a series of what-ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? And each what-if is scarier than the last one you just came up with. And that paralyzes you and constrains your ability to act. Now, in this context of difficult conversations, the committed action that we're looking for is advocacy, self-advocacy. So you're advocating for yourself, your wants, your needs, your values. Sometimes you might be advocating on behalf of others, their wants, their needs, their values, right? And so when it comes to committed action, confidence will lead you to let your voice be heard. The more confident you are, the more likely you are to speak up when it's necessary, to let your voice be heard in an effective way in order for you to get more of what you want and need out of life. And so I'll leave you with this. Remember, the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations. And the more confident you are, the more likely you are to have those conversations in a productive way. And it'll lead you to be more successful. So simply increasing your confidence is going to be one of the major keys to living the best version of your life. So never forget that. So in the next videos, we're going to talk about some of the barriers that you might face with confidence and what you can do about it and how to actually gain the confidence. So thank you for listening to this one and I will catch you in the next video.